Well, good everyone. Welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy and love bringing you this show each and every week as we're moving closer and closer to Christmas and, and moving through the Advent season. And again, in this week's show, we're uh, faithful to the notion of preparing the way, preparing the way for the Lord. And we've got some great inputs for you as a result. You're going to hear from, from these people. You're going to hear from Stephen Bird from Men Alive. He's a guy who we, we interviewed at the quite recent Men Alive to the Max conference. And, and we're going to talk about spiritual brotherhood and a few of the wonderful things that Stephen had to say about that. We're going to be hearing, as part of the Advent series, from, from Brother Lewis Harwood. He's going to take us through a bit of an understanding of the genealogy of Christ that we hear really in very detailed fashion in so many of the scriptures breaking open an understanding of that really comprehensive list of names that we get from uh, the Gospel of St. Matthew. You're going to love what he's got to say, so that's uh, that's Brother Lewis Harwood. Father Anthony Dukes, OFM, he's going to talk to us about courage and, and not being afraid. It's what he's prepared for us for the Lenten program series. And that's being presented to us by Sister Monica Barlow. She's a member of our team in Wollongong. She's a Josephite. I think you'll love the way she's presenting the, the thoughts of Father Anthony Dukes in, in that piece, in our Advent series. Great to hear from Mother Hilda Scott, wisdom from the Abbey, and the importance of naming things, identifying naming things that are happening in our lives. But to kick us off with, we've got uh, Max Norden presenting the, the Gospel of St. Matthew this week, chapter 11, verses 2 to 11. That's the Gospel reading being read right around the world for the third Sunday of Advent. And then great to have Father Chimarofa, who's uh, going to give us the gospel reflection for, for this third Sunday of Advent, really embracing the, the words of, of happy are those who trust in me, trust in the Lord. Lots of great music too, lots of great Advent Christmas style music. Got a bit of Matt Maher in the mix. You're going to hear from Mandisa, Paul Bawash, Matt Redmond's in the mix as well. So uh, lots and lots to get through in what is... Uh, Hopefully going to be a really wonderful show for you to be to be built up by, to be encouraged by. We'd better get into it. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John in his prison had heard what Christ was doing, and he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come? Or have we to wait for someone else? Jesus answered, Go back and tell John what you hear and see. The blind see again, and the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor, and happy is the man who does not lose faith in me. As the messengers were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the people about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the breeze? No. Then what did you go out to see? A man wearing fine clothes? Oh no, those who wear fine clothes are to be found in palaces. Then what did you go out for? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and much more than a prophet. He is the one of whom scripture says, Look, I'm going to send my messenger before you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you solemnly, of all the children born of women, a greater than John the Baptist has never been seen, and yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. The Gospel of the Lord. And now the Gospel Reflection with Father Chima Ofa. 
The third Sunday of Advent is traditionally known as Gaudate or Rejoice Sunday. And in many churches, the penitential purple of the season is put aside in favor of a happier rose. And most of today's readings encourage hopefulness and joy. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice and blossom, promises Isaiah. And yet, this Sunday's Gospel readings places us in a context quite different from Isaiah's blooming wilderness. Joy is not evident behind the bars that holds the courageous baptizer. Through no fault of his own, John is in chance and in crisis, wondering if he has staked his life on the wrong promise and the wrong person. The Messiah, as far as John can tell, has changed nothing. He was supposed to make the world new. He was supposed to bring justice, fairness, and order to human institutions. In his disillusionment and despair, John sent his disciples to inquire of this would-be Messiah. Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for someone else? In other words, Lord, I have staked my life on you. Has it all been for nothing? John was one of those people, we know them, who did everything right and suffered anyway. He died disillusioned and afraid, unsure of his Messiah. Worse, he suffered a death that seems to have accomplished nothing. Nothing changed. As Teresa of Avila reportedly said of God, Lord, is this how you treat your friends? If not, no wonder you have so few. What if the point of John's story is to indict every form of transactional Christianity that promises us safety and prosperity and blessing in exchange for our good behavior? Maybe God is more present in the dark abysses of the world's pain than he is in the sanitized narratives that we concoct about him. John the Baptist is remembered by the church as the patron saint of spiritual joy. Why? Perhaps because he understood something unyielding about the life of faith. After all, in a prison cell, joy isn't about sentimentality or about the sanctimonious suppression of our most painful crises and questions. Perhaps John understood that joy is what happens when we dare to believe that an aspect of our spiritual growth is being stripped of the expectations that we cling to so that we can know God for who God truly is. We have not hoped in vain. As Jesus promises, happy is the person who puts his faith in me. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
To the journey, music, interviews, and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. One of the most valuable tools in dealing with life is our growing capacity to name things. It seems that once we can do that, we seem to be able to deal a little more easily and constructively with the presenting issue. We know how important that is in our physical illnesses because once something is accurately diagnosed, we can get the medicine to treat it. It used to be that we didn't have names for lots of the ills, human and otherwise, that beset us. Now we know there is such a thing, for instance, as postnatal depression. The people who suffer can therefore get the right treatment instead of wandering around in protracted misery. We can name grief. We can name, as I said, depression in its many forms. We can name post-traumatic stress syndrome. The list goes on and on. This also applies, of course, to our dealings with one another. How freeing it is when two people wanting to sort out their varying differences are able to name that which is affecting them both. It can be the source of a healing peace. It's a great thing when you and I can name at all sorts of levels jealousy, dishonesty, integrity, justice, joy, and again, the list goes on and on. 
We do need to be careful, of course, that our naming is correct. How many children have had their behaviour wrongly named as whatever and been treated accordingly when the real fact was that they were too bright for the class? The point I'm simply making here is that once a thing is named, we know what we're dealing with and can plot a way forward. So it is with God. Joy makes its way across our hearts. Do we call out, that's God? A dream is fulfilled or an answer found, and we really can accurately say, that's God. You will rightly say to me, though, but bad things happen. Is that God too? And I say this to you. Every day, take a moment to actually ask God to be in your life. Invite him into your heart. Then you will always be able to tell what is God and what isn't. The mere naming of what is not God will set you just as free as knowing what is. Give it a try this week. That was Mother Hilda Scott and a piece that she entitled Give It a Name. We can name grief, we can name stresses, we can name pressure, we can name all the, all the good things too that are going on in our life. Calling out to God, naming to God the things that are a, a part of our experience in the everyday. Thank you to Mother Hilda Scott. After the break, you're going to be hearing from, uh, well, the voice of Sister Monica Barlow, but she's giving us an explanation of um, something that's been written by for us, for Father Anthony Jukes, about courage and the importance of courage in, in this Advent season. First up, though, here's some more music. Here's Mandisa, and the song's called Waymaker. There'll be a bit of casting crowns after the break. Then you'll be hearing from Sister Monica, who's presenting to us the thoughts of Father Anthony Jukes about courage in this particular season of the year, Advent season. Faith, hope, love and life. Plenty to come after the break. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us on the journey.
worship you. I worship you. Together on the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness.
Now in our Advent series, here is Father Anthony Jukes' reflection on the scripture readings for this Sunday, third Sunday of Advent, read by Sister Monica Barlow. In the Incarnation, when God came down from heaven, the first problem God seeks to address is not the problem of sin, but the problem of fear. Because one of the terrible consequences of sin is that we become afraid of God. In chronological order, in the order that events take place, the first spoken words in the four Gospels, the first spoken message, is not the message to repent. That is the first message when Jesus begins his public ministry as an adult. In chronological order, before Jesus was born, before Jesus was even conceived in the womb of his mother, the first words actually spoken in the Gospels are the words, Do not be afraid. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah in the temple to tell him about the birth of John the Baptist, Zechariah trembled with fear. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. Later on, when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, asking her to be the mother of Jesus, Mary was disturbed by the greeting, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. When Joseph was concerned that Mary was already with child, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Do not be afraid of the child she is to bring into this world. And when the angel announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds in the field, they too were told, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy. Let us pray. Lord, take away any unhealthy fear that I might have of you. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that. That was uh, the voice of Sister Monica Barlow. I work with uh, Sister Monica most days. She's a awesome lady, member of the Sisters of St. Joseph. And she spoke to us about courage in the words of Father Anthony Jukes and uh, something that he prepared for us for our Advent preparation, reflecting on those powerful words that are repeated often in Scripture, do not be afraid. So thank you to Father Anthony Jukes and, and thanks to Sister Monica who presented uh, that wonderful reflection called Courage. Coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Brother Lewis Harwood, who's uh, going to break open for us and give us a, an explanation of the genealogy of Jesus Christ and uh, the significance of the really comprehensive list of names that's presented by St. Matthew in that context. That's after the break. First up now, a bit of music, though. Here's Paul Belosh and the song, For Unto Us a Child is Born. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey.
Hope, love and life. This is The Journey. Now our second Advent reflection. Brother Lewis Harwood's reflection for 17 December. Matthew chapter 1 verses 1 to 17. The genealogy of Jesus. Read by Sister Monica Barlow. Who are we and where do we come from? Increasingly more people are taking time to research and discover their ancestry and cultural heritage. An important part of any community or culture is the affirmation of identity and forming connections with past and present memories. In the Gospel reading for Saturday the 17th of December, St Matthew provides a comprehensive list of names which date back to the father of faith, Abraham. The Gospel writer, Matthew, illustrates the explicit intention of linking Jesus back to his Jewish roots and demonstrating an ancestry structure that fulfills Old Testament prophecies. 
How do you trace back your faith journey to where it all started? Have you ever written, say in a journal, your spiritual biography, reflecting on those who have shaped or inspired your faith? We live in a beautiful multicultural church that celebrates diversity in all its fullness. This gospel reading invites us to reimagine our lives centered on Christ and renew our own heritage with the Christian story. As we approach the grace of Christmas time, how will you prepare, support and acknowledge family members, especially those who are sick and who are unable to share Christmas? In this Advent period, we are encouraged to reflect on the magnificent incarnation of the coming of the Lord who is God with us and who dwells within history, both past and present. Take some time today to reflect on the shared history of salvation, connecting back to our common human dignity with God's family. Let us pray. Loving Trinity of Father, Son and Holy Spirit, you are the family of our existence. May the joy of love, faith and friendship give birth to a newness of life and peace. Amen. I've enjoyed that. Hey, ancestry is important, isn't it? We're all uh, all products of a long line of people and people of, of great goodness and sometimes people who really struggled and no different in the genealogy of Jesus. And that, that line of family origins as prepared for us by brother lewis harwood a bit more music now matt redmond his name shall be and uh, after the break we're going to be rounding out the show with some stuff from men alive we've been giving you a few of the the interviews we've been able to get from men alive to the max 22 and we're going to be hearing from stephen bird in this instance who wants to talk to us about the importance of spiritual brotherhood and that'll round out what's been a pretty big show for us that's after the break faith hope love and life Hope you're enjoying today's show. It's The Journey. Oh, can you hear the angel song That rang so sweet and clear When heaven's light and music fell and mercy found us here Glory in the highest And on the earth be peace Glory to God the angels sing He came to tell the Father's love His goodness and His grace to show the brightness of his smile, the glory of his face. So glory in the highest, and on the earth be peace. Glory to God, your children sing. His name shall be called
our burdens end to give a glorious gift. So glory in the highest and on the earth be peace. Glory to God the world will sing. His name shall be called Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Time again on the journey to uh, have a chat to somebody else who's got an interesting faith story. Today I've got Stephen Bird with me. Stephen, tell me a bit about yourself, where you're from and who you are and all that. Uh, I'm from Brisbane. Uh, I'm a husband to Eloise and a father to uh, four kids, Isaac, Joseph, Rachel and Thomas. Over my lifetime, I've worked as a tiler. I've done some parish youth work, some archdiocesan youth work, a school chaplain, and I've just finished and graduated as a high school teacher. Great. So you're involved in Men Alive. So tell me, what actually attracted you to the Men Alive movement? 
15 years ago, I got sent away for Men Alive, by Men Alive for a men's weekend, and that uh, started to grow my passion for men's ministry. I've dabbled in and out of the Men Alive stuff for the, for the last 15 years, and I've just come to a point in my life working in an all-boys school now. I've come to understand the importance of faith and in men's and brotherhood and growing good men. Okay, now tell me a bit about brotherhood. Let's break that open a bit. When you talk about brotherhood, what do you mean? Uh, Brotherhood is a group of men journeying together in their faith. I believe we can't do it alone. We need a group of brothers or one or two brothers that can help us to be the best person that we can be, someone who we can share our wins with, someone we can share our losses or heartbreaks with and that will also help us up to be better men. Why is that not available in, um, in say, the normal work- workplace or things like that? What's the difference between, say, uh, your mates at work versus this concept of brotherhood that you're talking about? I think with this concept of brotherhood, this brotherhood is faith-related. We look at Jesus and the disciples and the scriptures as examples of how we can do better. And we can't find that everywhere. And it's uh, when we have the faith in common, we work together to be better men. Okay. So I'm, I'm interested in breaking open the, the idea of brotherhood a bit more. I understand you've got some principles that you, you sort of put behind this idea of this faith brotherhood. So I've got the five items of authentic brotherhood that from sharing my story and doing a little bit of research and they came down to uh, always be real with each other. We need to take off our masks with our our group of brothers. Um, All men feel pain, so we need to be transparent so that we can share our stories. Uh, We need to be consistent and intentional. We need to regularly check in with our brothers and intentionally seek them out. We need to be positive, uh, and we also need to be interested in each other. So what's your actual vision, if we're looking into the future, what's your actual vision for brotherhood and for men alive? How might you see that developing? Where, Where might you see that going? I would love to see men inspired by their faith and sharing it with their family. I had a vision of the church many years ago of fathers in the pews, the pews full again with fathers sharing their faith with their children. And if uh, I would love to see men sharing their brotherhood with their children and their brotherhood helping them to be the best dad, to be the best man, to be the best friend that they can be. So in a few words, in maybe a sentence or two, what do you see this brotherhood as um, looking like, sounding like and feeling like? The best brotherhood looks like men going into action to serve the community. A good brotherhood sounds like the phone always ringing because a brother's always checking in on you and it feels like that you feel as a person because of the brotherhood loved and heard. Great. Look, thanks for being part of the journey and sharing your story with Men Alive. And by the way, if you'd like to check out Men Alive and want to know more about it, go to menalive.org.au. Thanks very much.
Great time to finish with, huh? Chris Tomlin, joy to the world, unspeakable joy. On a day of joy, this notion of the third Sunday of Advent being a, a day for rejoicing. Hope you're doing that as we're ticking closer and closer each week to the beautiful celebration of Christmas. Just one more Sunday of Advent to go, and then the following Sunday is going to be Christmas Day. Where is the year going? I hope you're having plenty of time to be able to pause, be prayerful and reflect about just the significance of the Incarnation and and what God has done in becoming one of us, taking on human nature in order to set us free. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Thanks to to Max Norton who's put it together, and the interview is done there with Stephen Bird for the input that we had from Brother Lewis Harwood, from Father Anthony Dukes, Mother Hilda Scott, and right at the top of the show to Father Chima Ofa, who broke open this week's gospel. We'll be doing it all again next week, fourth Sunday of Advent, just a week out from Christmas. And I hope that as uh, as you're coming to the end probably of, of work, and many people come to the end of school years, and lots and lots of changes usually at the end of a year for people, and, and often some holiday time too. I hope that you're, you're getting some, some time to lead into Christmas prayerfully, really taking on board what the significance of the season is. We're doing it all again next week. Hope you can join us. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Annecy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norton from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.